says in this week Pasha many things, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> You're a rabbi, you have to start with it says in this week Pasha. Man. So, Rabbi Ziskin said, I was only welcome to speak here if I teach you some Rebbe Nationals. Because Aish is very, like, Aish is Gamachia Bresle. No? They're very important. This is very important. I want to teach you being here tonight at one o'clock. And someone says to you, How was Dog Bear's session? And you say it was very interesting. I'll be really upset. <laughs> because, you know, cricket, yeah, no, no. But some things, that, like, I'm not here to be interesting. I want to give you a cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Thanks for looking in shock. Fine, so we're not here to be interesting. You can go you can go to TED Talks, they're interesting. I want to be hopefully impactful and practical and real and give you some real stuff here. So this is what Rabbi Nachman says. This is what Rabbi Nachman says. <laughs>
it's okay. Who here feels it is okay? Often, most of the time. You know what? There's stuff going on, but it really is okay. And without drugs and alcohol, there's not many other smoking drinking. How often do you just feel like, I've got this, I'm alright. There are not so many people, we've always got something niggling, gnawing, some, something. And that gets really, really tiring. And that's why we have to watch Netflix for three hours and do all stuff. Because you've got to get up, you've got to escape from that. It's not, it's not a nice existence. So we escape, and we spend most of the time escaping, so we never just experience, in fact, we never experience anything. We very rarely experience anything. How about that? Who here is grateful for their eyes? last time you felt deep gratitude? When was the last time you, and not when you had an eye test or something, just when you just, when was the last time you felt gratitude for your leg? When was the last time you put your phone in a different room and sat down, maybe outside, on the grass and breathed deeply and felt deep gratitude for anything, just for being alive, for anything ever? So many people, they don't have the time to do that, they just don't do it. So if I said to you, are you grateful for your legs, you'd say, Paul, I'm grateful for my legs. But when was the last time you felt deep gratitude? So if you're not feeling deep gratitude ever, then life's quite difficult. What about beauty? I took a, a group of like, middle-aged women, 19 middle-aged women, on a hike, it was great. We <laughs> 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 went on a hike in the Dead Sea. Beautiful. Dead Sea is beautiful, the Dead Sea. Nahal David, it's amazing, and Gedi. We were on the hike, and, everyone, and then in groups, and everyone's talking, taking photos, and then we sat down for a picnic, and I said, who here experienced the beauty? And I said, yeah. And I said, well, how did you experience the beauty? Can I just play it out? Did you do this? You walked along, and you were talking in a group, and then you stopped. I said, ah, this is so beautiful, let's take a photo. And you took a photo, and then you carried on walking, talking. So what they did is, they acknowledged beauty. And they took a photo of it, but they didn't experience it. Are you, what are you experiencing? Are you experiencing it? We don't experience it. Just sit for a moment and experience beauty. Because there's, a be- there's lots of beautiful sunsets in Japan. And many people notice it. They're like, oh, look how beautiful the sunset is. And then carry on doing something. How about just stopping for one minute? There don't have to be some weird, hippie, cross-legged yoga meditation widow like me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can just take one minute to, to, to experience. You know what we do experience? Pain. We get to experience pain. When it's painful, then we, then we cry and we really do. Pain, we're very good at experience pain, but the beauty and and joy and, and love and sweetness and goodness. Yeah. We just don't experience it. And our sages teach us a very important thing that your natural state of being is a state of joy and health and connection. That is who you are. And you've all experienced it sometimes. There was a moment in some classical music, it was night. Everyone's experienced a moment, a sublime moment of connection. Yeah? How did that feel? That felt so peaceful. It's peace. Why don't you have peace? Peace of mind. How many minutes of just peace of mind did you have this week? Today? Just not. Oh, I just feel whole. I feel whole. 
So this generation, we don't feel whole because we're always running and doing stuff. We feel whole, it's fine. Shabbat Shalom. That's what Shabbat is. Shabbat comes to the word La Shabbat, which means sit down. So sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. No, but I've got to do this and what I've done. Shut up. That's my main teaching. Shut up. <laughs> and that's what you should be saying to your mind. Someone said to me the other day, after all your travels, six years in Asia, and meditation retreats, and yoga, and martial arts, and Shiva, and Kabbalah, what's your one message? To, what's your message that you want to give the world? He didn't say shut up. What I said was, shut up. That is my message to the world. My message, my message to the Jewish people and the whole world is just chill out. Yeah, chill out. It's not so. Mm, everything's so. Mm, I've got my relationships and I've got to do it right and my parents and pressure. And, mm, shut up. I'm gonna make a bumper sticker. Shut up. This is what Rabbi Nachman saying. I'm just teaching Rabbi Nachman. Hashem and I'm reflecting my Hashem in breath. That we're far from Hashem, and I'm translating Hashem as experiencing our deepest <coughs> self, if I may. Hashem is an experience of ourself. When was the last time you really connected to yourself? And we say yourself is a piece of Hashem. The self is this perfect, pure, divine, amazing being. But we've got our egos and our thoughts and our emotions and our character traits and our pressures and our stuff, and it's just getting in the way. When was the last time you just sat and experienced yourself? That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Sometimes you get that. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking in Nick's short today after, after the <clears throat> and someone was playing him after the show. Mashallah, I'm thinking about Jimmy's brother, and you just had a bin allowed in the year for that. Not only are we far from Hashem, we're not coming close to Hashem. They're two different things. We're so disconnected from ourselves, that's one thing, but we're also not close to ourselves. We're not growing, we're not investing in, in finding a bit of peace. And that's what he says here. The only reason we're not finding this is we don't have this thing called Yishuvadat. Yishuvadat is a very important concept in Kabbalah. And the most basic Translation of Yeshua Yeshuvada is peace of mind. Peace of mind. It means Yeshua means to sit, la shevet, Yeshua. Hadat. Your dat is your thinking. Just stop thinking. Now there's a higher meaning of Yishuvata. 
That is knowing something. Who here? Who here knows that there's a God? Who here believes in God? Come on, 21st century, you just come out. Science, rational, Sam Harris, atheist power, come on. Bible criticism, God, you naive, widows, spiritual widows. Fine. So you believe there's a God? So you know there's a God. If you took a light detector test and they said, do you know there's a God? And you said, yes. Would you pass a light detector test? How many times did you know that there's a God today? How many times did you know? I'm going to give an example. Who, who here knows that Bangkok is the capital of Thailand? How many times did you know that? <laughs> How many times were you aware of the fact that you know that Bangkok is the capital of Thailand? Now. Not once. Just now. So there's something called knowing, which means I have the information. There's something called knowing, which means I'm aware of that. I have an awareness. So I know that I'm grateful for my legs, but are you aware that you know that? That's another step in it. And only when you're knowing that do you get to experience life in any sort of deep way. That's how you speak. That's how you come face to face with life. That's an amazing thing, it's right there, coming face to face with that. And that's so, you don't need to go bungee jumping and all weird things. Because you're just coming face to face. And the pleasure of that, and you all know, you've all had that sublime moment. It's just deeply pleasurable. Much more pleasurable than anything. <coughs> so in October 2018, that's last year, I had a son. And his due date was January the 12th, 2019. Ooh, that's not so good. So it was Sukkot, Friday night Sukkot. In my sukkah, lots of guests. You're all welcome to my sukkah. For Sukkot. You're all making any. So I make this, and my wife says to me, don't be bad. I need to talk to you inside. I said, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I said to the guest, we'll be back. My wife says to me, I think my waters are broken. I the baby's coming. And I said, no, the baby's only nine months, not six months. <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe I spelled the kiddish. Do that. <laughs> so she said, Nana, uh, I'm pretty sure what's broken is, and it's quite painful, and the baby is like, it takes nine months, she's like six months. So uh, again, so we told the guests, we said, we're now emergency rushing to hospital. Now, if you've met my wife, she's very calm. So it's not like, right, we, we, like we walk back and we say hi, guys. Three months early, baby's coming. Friday night, so call, we're getting a text now. Thanks, you. There's food. You eat your food. <laughs> the other two kids, you and both the kitchen. <laughs> so we get in the taxi. The taxi drops us off in the wrong place. So now we're in the middle. My wife's there, like, pain. Oh, we're now standing in the middle of East Jerusalem. So I hailed down a police car. I said, you need to take me to the hospital. 
And he's like, no.
and I stop crying. And then they're okay. They're not, the baby's not sitting there being like, why didn't they beat me earlier? I bet my baby friends are having better food than me. When will the next time I get a hand? The experience, the, the negative experience is it's over now. And then he's fine, he's cool, he's chilling, like licking his hand. We did this in our, in our last time. We looked at our hands. How many times since the last time have you sat and looked at your hands? Anyone? Why? 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 Why don't you ever just look at Then his nappy gets dirty, and that doesn't feel nice. So he cries, he changes nappy, and then he's still there, he's okay. He's not like, oh, that's disgusting. And why would they leave me see my nappy? He's like, no, I'm going to try. Man, 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 means get rid of all the over-complicating things and double-guessing and analysing and this means this and that means that and she didn't reply to my WhatsApp message that means you sleep which means you just got breathe you've got to connect to now what's happening now you should have that. So it means I know, I'm aware. It means awareness. Do you have awareness? Have awareness. What have awareness? He then goes on to say that the key, this is amazing, Ikahayadut, the main thing in Judaism, this is pretty big. The main, this is Rabbi Nachman telling you the main thing in Judaism. The main thing in Judaism is to learn Torah all day, cover your hair, <laughs> put your right shoe on first, make sure your knees and elbows are covered if you're a girl. It doesn't say any of that nonsense. It's not nonsense, yeah, it's deep. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Just be simple. Uh, I don't think many people know what, what it means to be simple. And Rabbi Nachman also actually says, one of the hardest things in the world is to be simple. Very hard to be simple. It's very easy to be. I'm so complex. I'm complicated. I'm, I'm deep. I'm complex. I don't get me. I don't understand. 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 I don't I would say 95% of the stuff you got upset about, you'll be wondering why you got upset about it. Like, was it really worth getting upset about that? You're driving along and someone drives very badly and cuts in front of you. Do you get upset about that? No, even better. You're sitting in the traffic light and there's two lines, one straight and one turning left, and there's a long queue and you go in the left hand queue right at the back, and then someone comes. All of all of the straight one, they quickly sinks in. <laughs> you hate them, huh? Yeah. Why? 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 Okay, they did something wrong. So what? No? Nah? Nice to do. Well, you should let them go. They completely did the wrong thing, and they don't deserve that. And you sat there. Remember? Okay, okay. <laughs> There's serious stuff in the world. Babies in incubators. Oh, really? I know that, I know that, but it did turn left, and I cute. And 
But it also means, Rashi says it means just receive, just receive what happens, and then say, okay, what do I need to do? Receive what happens, say, what do I need to do? Maybe in an incubator, it's not fair, why me? What needs to be done now? Which is simple. I'm going to do what needs. I'm just going to do what needs to be done. It's not fair. What's the word for it's not fair in the Torah? I just say it's not fair in the Torah. There's no word for fair in the Torah. I just say it's not fair in modern Hebrew. Is not fair? We don't believe in fair. We don't believe in not fair. Jews, Jews don't believe in not fair. We believe in emuna. Emuna means everything happens for a reason for the best.
as that case that can you tell me what is happiness and how do you get it? And they're like, So if your goal is to be happy, you've got to know how do I get to be happy. Now, you've got to define happiness first. So happiness, this is what people honestly think happiness. I asked someone the other day, is your friend happy? And they said, well, it really depends. And I said, then you're not. If it depends, then it's not called happiness. If your happiness depends on something, that's not called happiness. I spoke in a, a shul in Portland, Oregon. And there was a big poster out that said, there are very many beautiful reasons to be happy. I told them to take it down. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. If you need a reason to be happy, that's not called happiness. That's called the external world is matching up to what I wanted to be, and therefore it feels good. My football team wins. I wanted them to win. They won. I feel good. I wanted that car. I got that car. I feel good. But then that doesn't last for very long, and then you go back to your neutral state. And so if you're relying always on the external world to match your expectations, it often doesn't. So you won't be happy. Life's not going to be so easy. Kids in incubators is just one thing. Loads of stuff is going on. So if you're alone in the external world for your happiness, then you don't be alone. One of my favorite early masters, Rebbe's, said, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to enjoy a difficult life. Bruce Lee, sent it very. Bruce Lee's real name? So Rebbe Nath was teaching us something. He's teaching us that the key to experiencing life like a baby is to stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. So we, we did the eating meditation. Since last silent eating meditation, anyone who came to the tree, how many times have we done that? How many times have you just sat with your food, put something in your mouth, put a fork down and just chewed it and breathed it? And ate? How was that? Nice, no? Don't so much. Try it. Most people we eat, you just shovel food into your mouth as you're checking your phone, talking to someone else. You're just shoveling food in your mouth. You've never experienced eating. Baby, my baby is on this most disgusting dairy-free formula. It's disgusting. I had to see if it was hot enough on this. That's disgusting. How are you drinking making him grow? He's like built of disgusting. <laughs> so one day, one day, 
he counted, he freaked out like over his belly, right? <laughs> 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 and I was like, kill David's belly. <laughs> <laughs> How did your baby eventually die with the people? He just felt that peach, yeah. Have you, when was the last time you experienced a peach or any piece of fruit? Now you bite into it and it's nasty. Hmm, that was a very nice peach. When was the last time you just like, like, you felt peach juice dripping down your beard? Don't <laughs> <laughs> do that. When was the last time you just like, oh wow, I had a like ecstatic experience from a piece of fruit? Just be simple. Don't go searching for some big, high, bungee jumping, ecstasy, whatever it is. Just eat a peach how you should eat. Experience, my experience. Have you gotten pizzas? Let's go with pizzas. This is what Rabbi Nathan says. Rabbi Nathan saying is there's something called Yishevadas. So how do you do that? Because your mind's crazy. It's like, Rabbi, it's very, I like what you're saying. But how do you actually do that? Because your mind's going all the time. How many thoughts have you had today? Since the moment you wake up, woke up to now, you've had billions of thoughts. What percentage of your thoughts today were full of vitality, uplifting, joyful, positive, passionate, loving, amazing? What percentage? Two. Two, that's amazing. Most people are neutral, and then a little something good happens there. That's amazing because your whole mind is that, your whole world is that. And if only 2% of it is uplifting, it's like, you gotta watch Netflix. You know the saddest thing on Facebook when it sounds like, I've run out of Netflix shows. Advice! Imagine you walk down an alleyway 
you get to the end of the alleyway and there's three men at the end of the alleyway and they've got baseball bats and they smash you over the head. Would you walk down the alleyway again? <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope not. But we're doing that all the time. We keep walking around, we keep going down the same. Just stop walking down the alleyway. Just stop it. No, but, but my mum told me about that anyway. You're holding a piece of hot coal. What should you do if you're holding a piece of hot coal? Drop it. Just drop it. Don't be like, no, but it's a part of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> my mum gave it to me. Uh, just drop it. It's not working. Just drop it. Drop it. In fact, I've got a practical tool. And none of you are going to do this. <laughs> when you notice your mind going wild, just thinking, overthinking, and doing it. By the way, you think the same things so many times. When someone insults you, how many times do you think, if I didn't be down here and I'm going to give them the speech, and I'll say this, and they do, 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 and you practice the speech a thousand times, and you think, why? That's such a waste of time. Why do you make any crash target? That's why you make any crash target to stay away from that. I hope it's not out. This is the tool. You don't go like this. <laughs> If you come to age, and you see any 18-year-old boy walking around and you say something like that, he knows what's you. And he knows that he's thinking something that he doesn't want to be thinking. And it's, just, it's called in Japanese, in Zen Buddhism, Satori, which means instant enlightenment. Just snap out of it. And then it will come again, snap out of it. Snap out of it. Until you start saying to your mind, you're not in control anymore. You don't take something. I haven't said anything crazy, I've said this crazy thing. <laughs> I haven't told you anything you can't do. Just, you understand the concept. The concept is those that those four patterns are now in you. And how do you stop it? By appealing. You get said and done. Because practice and practice practice. He then gives one little last tip. How do you come to real Sinha? What is Sinha? Sinha Basinha. The simcha means you're in a state. Now we're defining simcha. Simcha's got nothing to do with the external world. You don't need a reason to. What you feel when your football team wins is not called simcha. It's called, I feel good because my football team wins. But simcha means I'm in something. I'm living in a state. I'm living, I have an attitude to life. I have an attitude to life which basically is based on my attitude. I just got a good attitude. I recognize the bad and I acknowledge it and I work on it, but I focus on the good. And that's also simple. Now, what you train at, what you practice, you get very good at. So if you practice seeing the bad in everything, you'll get very good at that and you'll always go to see the bad. And if you're practicing the good, then you get good at that. So I run these jokes, you've got to go to the Charlie Khan. It's called Jokes Time, sorry. In the end, you think? Mm. Anyway, so I run the, I used to run these jokes all over the world, and you'd have, sometimes the jokes went completely bad, and the rain, it never really went completely bad on the jokes. But the rain, it was raining, and we missed the bus, and the volunteering wasn't working, and it basically, it wasn't going to plan. But then you'd always have someone on the trip, would say, yeah, but at least you're in Thailand, let's dance in the rain. Really, when was the last time you just danced in the rain? And I was like, oh yeah, we danced. And it becomes a highlight. But when you've got an attitude like that, and then at the end of the trip, everyone shares, and the, the bad thing that you overcame is your highlight. 
Now you can go on a trip where everything's perfect and it's sunny and the volunteering's good and we've got enough food. And someone will be like, yeah, but there's a cockroach, man. <laughs> What are you trying, what are you, how are you seeing? So we've got to try and see very simple. See simple, be, be simple, see simple. Be simple, see simple. So he says the real way to get there is to find the Nakuda Tova in yourself. The key to positive attitude is have a positive attitude about yourself. That's it. So some people walk into a room and they see people, they see the people in the room and they generally don't like I judge people in general, and I don't like them. Thank you for letting me share that. I hate you all. <laughs> I judge people I don't like. Unless they do something that serves me, and then they become my friend. Or there are other people who walk in the room and just love everyone, until they do something really horrible, they don't love So who does what? Who, what sort of person walks into a room and naturally just likes everyone, and looks for the good in other people? And who walks into the room and hates everyone, and looks for the bad things then? It's what you think of yourself. If you see the good in yourself, acknowledge the bad. Remember, I'm not saying that there is no bad. And forget it. I might acknowledge the bad and try if you need to and work. Acknowledge the bad, but then focus on okay, what I'm going to do with the bad. So you notice, okay, I'm always going to find the good in myself. Because many people spend most, most of their life kind of beating themselves up. Not good enough, I can't do this. So once you stop beating yourself up, you stop, you stop beating other people up. And when you feel good about yourself and you miss the bus, you're like, yeah, I'll miss the bus. Are you the sort of person who walks into the room and everyone's like, oh no, they're going to complain, gossip, or put me down? And know, this person, they're gonna be, there's going to be some negative, I've got to go on the defense. That person walks in the room, they're going to be a bit defensive now. Or are you the person who walks into the room and, and they're like, oh, I'm this person's here that I know they're going to make me feel good. I know they're going to share honestly, they're going through difficult times, but I'm sure it's positive attitude. I know they've got a positive attitude. So which one of those are you? And that's up to you. It's really up to you. You can start choosing. What's the time? Nine? Food is just bits of charcoal. 
Now, whilst you're in the workplace, you can pinch yourself, you can have a little thing where you're like, oh yeah, snap out. So that's one practical tool. The other practical tool is try to experience something. I use the example, for example, a peach. Try and take that peach, put your phone away, turn it down, and just bite into the peach. And like lots of these things, when you start doing them, you'll, you'll laugh at yourself for doing it. Like, so, I'm such a hippie, weird, naive thing. But that's good. That's what we're. That's what he's saying. Stop taking. Stop making everything so serious. Stop taking yourself so seriously. There's something called lightheadedness, and that's a bad thing. Lightheaded. He's lightheaded. He's stupid. He's frivolous. He's, there's something called lightheartedness, which is a very good thing. Stupid lighthearted. Don't take everything. Don't make it. Things are only as big and significant as you make it. So those are two practical. I'm glad you said ask that question, by the way. That's how I should, should finish. Is so. This is what I want you to take home from tonight. What I want you to take home from tonight is some practical tools. When you notice that you're going down this walk of thinking, be your head, sit up straight, and breathe, do something. And it won't be a long term answer, by the way, at first. At first, you'll do that for a minute, but then your mind will rush in again. And this so that's why it takes practice. I mean, there's no quick answer. No quick answer. But you've just got to be aware enough to practice this. Have a thing in your car and on your desk saying, smack yourself in there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, have a picture of me. I can get a picture of me. Put it on the desk. That'll freak you out. That'll make you But have a something on your desk and in the bathroom and everywhere. Remind you. You've got to be reminded. And this is what the original thing was. We spoke about this idea, which he calls Ishavata which is becoming aware of what you know. So the example we used was Bangkok, Thailand. So how often are you aware of Bangkok? How often are you aware that Bangkok is the capital of Thailand? Never. What if you had a sign on the mirror in the bathroom and in your car and on your desk saying, Bangkok is the capital of Thailand? You start doing that. So you, so we don't care about Bangkok. But you can say, just, you can even put, remember, Who's going to do this? Whoever is not going to do it, why not? Because it's not going to do it. Yeah. So you'll be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come to your workplace on Tuesday. I'm going to check to see if you've got a little thing on the desk. Okay. And then you can even get things, I think, that pop up on your screen. They say, get up and have a walk. Idea. There's an app called Idea, and then you can set it every 45 minutes. Your screen stops, or it says, "Look out the window." Or just little, you need little reminders. Thank you. That's the really best question you could ask. Thank you. Other questions? Questions? Nice to come to. I live around Kanye. Come to the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's an American baby now. And everyone says, "How old is he?" You know. Ten to seven months. Seven months. Last seven months. He's a good man, and he laughs and smiles. Once he basically had a, had been in a incubator in a respirator and had a blood test every day, then and you come out of that, everything's amazing for the rest of your life. You're like wow, I'm not being like stuck. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's very inspirational. I also um, sometimes find it very difficult to concentrate for a long period of time, just based on uh, speaking or what people are talking about. But you brought a lot of humor into it, mm -hmm. and I found 
was the conversation from the beginning to the end. Um, just on the happiness concept, do you are you basically saying that happiness you believe is from within, obviously? So you need to be happy within yourself in order to be happy because all the external. Yeah, Sinkhru is a, is a um, attitude to life. Yeah. How do you deal with difficult things? Yeah. Basically, two weeks, my son had his bris, had three months, in January. Two weeks later, my dad got uh, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Four weeks later, it spread to his lungs and his liver, his abdomen. So, and that's not great. So, my mum and sister and doctor say, You have to come now to England. So, my, room, my whole family to England. So, we've been in England for two months. But, my dad's got a very positive attitude. I'm not sitting around being like, It's not fair. I mean, I'm not, I don't let the external world dictate my feelings. However, sometimes I feel sad enough, because that's good and healthy. I'm giving a three hour Mastering Your Mind seminar tomorrow, 9.30 to 12.30 at Mixfield Shores. And I'm going to give more practical things. I think you might be able to talk to you some, if you can. Um, and I'm going to look, you're like, I'm going to break this down more. It is practical, those are going to do some meditation in my class <coughs> about it. If you're around, look. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. Where's the line between allowing yourself to feel sad and angry and upset about difficult situations and then between skipping step two or something like that? Like Okay, we can talk about it a lot tomorrow, but the basic answer is when you're feeling it, you have to feel it. When you're feeling upset, you can't then skip step two. Once you're in step two, there's no skipping step two, and the only way you can get out of feeling upset is to give yourself the permission and space to feel really upset. So when do you skip step two? If you can, before it cuts. Step one happens. It's actually quite a high level of consciousness to be able to say, okay, what do I need to do? <coughs> You've got to train it. You keep training yourself, training yourself. And then step two just doesn't come. You're right, actually. You can't skip step two. It's just you get into a state of mind where step two comes less often because you don't make everything so significant. You don't get upset by little things anymore. And you build your your consciousness to, what, what would it take for me to get upset here? Breaking a nail doesn't upset me anymore. <laughs> um, losing my job, that's more serious. What's serious? Think about it in your life. What is serious? Those things you can get upset about. Health, maybe financial things, relationships, that's hard, that's painful. But other things like people cutting in or your boss shouting at you, or you've got enough to deal with. It. It's like that guy who shouting at me in the traffic jam. And I've got enough to tell you that I'm not, I can't be bothered to get upset. I'm just not getting upset. I'll get upset about things that deserve to, for me to be upset about. It's actually better though, because I find that if you don't react to how they think you will react, it actually annoys them all. Yeah, so that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I used to do that in Israel. I'm driving my bike. I'm driving my bike in Israel. Riding my bike in Israel on my side of the road. And there was a taxi parked on the one side, so a car came from his side of the road into my side of the road, nearly ran me over, and screamed at me. What are you doing, bicycle rider? And I used to do things like this, I stopped, and I went up to the window and I was like, What's this? <laughs> 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 
Go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. Stop listening. What's wrong with you? 